Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. From the soul of Brooklyn, you're listening to The Face Radio. Cut Above with Tom Hoy is proudly sponsored by Mod Shoes. Smart shoes for smart people. Shop the latest range of men's and women's footwear and clothing over at modshoes.co.uk. From Manchester, England to Brooklyn, USA, I'm Tom Hoy and you're listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio. In this episode, I'll be joined by my special guest, Simon Parr of Heritage Brands, and we'll be chatting all about the style behind the king of cool, Steve McQueen.
Hello, you're listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio. I'm Tom Hoy and I'll be digging through the look of style icon and legend of Hollywood, Steve McQueen. Ever since I first saw The Great Escape when I was probably about seven years old, I've always been fascinated by Steve McQueen. Whenever he's on screen, he completely steals the show, even if he's saying nothing at all. But it's not his acting that I like him most for. It is, of course, his clothes. I'd be lying if I said Steve McQueen didn't play a massive part in influencing the way I dress. The Barracuda G9, chinos, desert boots. Ever since I first saw what he was wearing, I wanted to look just like him. In this episode, I'll be joined by my good friend and clothing guru, Simon Parr of Heritage Brands. And remember, you can find me on social media by searching for Tom the Mod on Instagram, Tom the Mod DJ on Twitter, and Tom Hoy over on Facebook. Be sure to also check out the Tom the Mod YouTube channel for clothing reviews, interviews, and much more. Now, before we dive into tonight's episode, let's have some music. Here's a record fit enough for a Steve McQueen movie and a subtle nod to last month's episode. It's Johnny Harris with Paint It Black.
a long filmmaking career, which includes a television series and exposure to the study of method acting, Steve McQueen's box office appeal has never weakened. Tonight, Dick Stroud in Hollywood asks Steve what he thinks is the reason for his continued popularity and gets his comments on the film Never So Few, in which he co-starred with Frank Sinatra. Do you mind if I mention the words method acting? Well, not at all. I, I get, you know, Dick, I get that thrown up at me quite a bit. I'm, I'm really not quite sure what, what method means. I, I guess uh, because of uh, my training at the studio in New York, I, my mumbling is my own problem. I just... <laughs> I just haven't been able to enunciate. Well, actually, when you were, were accepted in this famed school, it was quite a turning point of your career and certainly a thrill for you, wasn't oh, it? Oh, boy. Yeah, I was living on a cold water flat on the Third Avenue L and, you know, working all night and going to school all day. And at the time, I guess it didn't seem much now, but at the time, they were accepting something like four out of uh, 2,000 people a, a year, you know, to be accepted in the studio. And it was free, and you could go three days a week. And... Uh, you know, this was like finding the rainbow, you know. So when they accepted me in the studio, it was a great turning point in my career. Well, did they accept you, uh, in, in other words, to get into the studio is quite a job. It's not a political thing, is it? Oh, no, it's strictly no, no, ability. No, no. Well, you have to do two auditions. And uh, the first audition, if they like it, they accept you back for the second audition. And then you do the second audition. If they like that, then you're in the studio. And, of course, once you're in, you're always in. I was talking with somebody who uh, was an executive one of the studios, and they said that you're one of the few people that have survived television and uh, the banks, uh, quote, will lend money on because of your uh, box office uh, name. Uh, is there any secret in this, or do you think it's just because you've worked very hard? Many people, of course, that have had TV series do not continue uh, in feature films. Uh -huh. I don't know much about that. I'll tell you the truth, Dick. Uh, to me, it's just luck. You know, I, I think perhaps I was very lucky. Uh, uh, I work very hard on my craft, but uh, so does everybody else in the world, you know. Listening to a cut above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on the Face Radio. In this Steve McQueen special, it's my pleasure to welcome on my good friend Simon Parr of Heritage Brands. Simon is a true guru when it comes to heritage menswear. He represents many different brands, including Tootle Scarfs, Guards London, Real Hoxton, Royal Mare, and many more. In previous years, Simon has also worked with a firm favourite of Steve McQueen and the brand behind the ultimate Harrington jacket, Barracuda. Welcome to the show, Simon. Thank you very much for having me on. I understand. Am I your second guest? Or You're the second ever guest. Yes. Wow. I am. I am absolutely honoured. So and how I does it feel to be on the Steve McQueen special? Oh, fantastic. What a subject. I mean, how long have we got? We could be here all night. I mean, we can make this into a series maybe, couldn't we, and carry on? <laughs> I think we might have to. I've got I've got all my books out. I've, I've made <laughs> notes. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready. And starting off with quite a big question then, why is Steve McQueen... Uh, well, well, why his why is his style? Sorry, timeless. In your own words, why do you think it's timeless? I think it's timeless because he uh, he just wears. I don't want to say classic pieces because mm. I think when you say classic, it, it sounds a bit old fashioned. But um, I just think he wears such timeless pieces. So we, if you talk about Harrington or a white t shirt or a denim shirt or a pair of chinos, these these are sort of basic wardrobe essentials. Yeah. But it's just the way that he wears them, you know, and, and um, any picture of him 
well, certainly in the, the early 60s to the to the late 60s, he just looks so cool. He's not wearing, well, I suppose they had branded clothing in those days. He, he doesn't wear a sweatshirt with a massive logo splattered across it. Mm. it it's just very, very simple, simple styles. And it's just the way that uh, he puts them together. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult, difficult question to answer. He just totally gets it right, but it's difficult to, to know how he gets it right. It's just kind of effortless, isn't he? He could wear anything and kind of look cool. It's the way, I guess, he carries the look, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of thought that goes into it, but it just looks like, I mean, the, the Italians have a word for it, don't they? It's called sprezzatore, where... Mm. He's just gone into the wardrobe and taken the first thing that he's seen, but of course he hasn't. He's, he's thought about what he's wearing and yeah. how he's how he's putting it together. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you know my theory about the sixties, where I think everything was was right, whether it was clothing, cars, architecture, yeah. it just all seemed to work. And then yeah. you get to the seventies, and it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. down the Duke of York steps came Mr. Edward Watson, tailor to the Duke of Edinburgh. With another exquisite, he discussed the crisis in men's fashions. Orthodoxy, represented here by the timeless bowler and the impeccable Watsonian pinstripe worsted single button front, orthodoxy was threatened. Germany, of all places, wants to break new ground. Imagine, can matters ever come to such a pass that what the well-dressed German wears today, we shall wear tomorrow? France, too, thinks that it's now man's turn to be beautiful. The crying need of the age is for some new Dior to rise up and emancipate the male from the eternal lounge suit. Judging by these efforts, he hasn't arisen yet. In the past, man adorned himself and made no bones about it. Now on all sides, there are indications that we're getting back to the age of Beau Brummel. West End hairdressers have rediscovered that man's crowning glory is his hair, and not, as so many girls think, his bank balance. Away with a drab age of short back and sides. The deftly cultivated waves become the virile male nowadays. Leave to the cruder crew the crew cut. Have a cold perm and every girl's fingers will itch to demonstrate her approval. And don't let civilians forget that there's still something about a soldier. No need to wait till the years bring those fascinating silver glints. Spray it on and be irresistible. Of course, all this may seem a bit much to the ultra-conservative, but it's the law of nature. The male must make himself beautiful to attract the best mate. Have any comment to make on the changing fashions of men? Well, I'm all for new ideas in everything, and I think that drab clothes mean a drab outlook, and that's part of the trouble in the world today. We're lacking leadership, lacking imagination, um, lacking inventiveness. But, and at the same time, it's considered very effeminate to have exciting clothes, for men to have exciting clothes. But after all, look at the medieval times, look at the 18th century. There was nothing feeble about Drake and then Raleigh and all those people. And I think perhaps we should get back to exciting clothes like that. And I think a good companion while you're listening to this episode is a book we've both got in our hands, haven't we? Um, you reminded me, I owned it actually, and it's a fantastic book. It's called just Steve McQueen and it's by William Claxton. It's a series of photographs, isn't it? Yeah. He's basically, uh, William Claxton was a photographer and he started off photographing jazz musicians like Chet Baker. Uh, so he went around taking black and white photographs of, of them. And in 1962, he was commissioned by life magazine to take pictures of Natalie Wood. 
So he turns up on set to take photographs of her. But of course, her co-star is Steve McQueen. And he famously puts his hand out to, to shake Steve's hand. And Steve didn't put his hand out. He just gave him a glare. You know, that's, that's how cool he was. And apparently they, they got to know each other and got, got to be good friends. And, and he just followed him around and just took loads and loads of pictures, which, as you say, are in this book. I mean, you can still buy the book. Um, it's a fantastic book. Mm. Every picture, the black and white pictures, uh, he's got it all in there. He, he's wearing Levi's, Wrangler, Barracuda. I mean, the, the front cover is him wearing a Barracuda. And, and I know I've said this before, but when... I used to work for Barracuda. We'd go to a trade show and we would have that book. Mm. You weren't allowed to use his image. The The family wouldn't let you use the image. Whereas now we can screen capture images and use them on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. But, but then 2007, you weren't allowed to use his image, but we could have the book on the stand and people would come on and go, oh, Steve McQueen. And, oh, yeah, he, he used to wear Barracuda. Has Barracuda, do you know, ever tried to kind of do a collaboration with them at all? Have they ever been approached? They um, they did a collaboration with Barber. Mm, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. They also, as far as I know, did one with Bellstaff, and apparently they had the samples already made, and it, for some reason it didn't go through, but, but certainly the Barber one did. But mm. no... Um, we did do one Barracuda and we had a picture of Steve McQueen. So we'd sort of, yeah. it, it wasn't part of the family, but it, it was sort of, you know, associated with him, shall we say. I guess you wouldn't need to kind of do a collaboration, would you? Because it's like, that is the jacket he wore. So you won't need to kind of tailor it to the one he used to wear because it's still the exact same jacket. I guess that's what it's got up on kind of Barber and Bellstaff, hasn't it? It's really kind of stuck to what it was. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what would, what would have happened uh, in America, uh, Barracuda licensed the brand out to Van Heusen mm. and they they would have made uh, the Harrington jacket in America and their offices were in the Empire State building. And um, yeah, that's probably where he would have got it and Elvis would have got it and, you know, Frank Sinatra because yeah. a lot of the American actors <clears throat> wore the Barracuda G9. Mm. A look that I really like in the William Claxton book is the the shawl he's got on. I would yeah. love it, whatever that shawl is, I would love to know, and I'd love one just well, like that. But it's so nice. Do you know? No, but of course there's the famous picture. Yep. <laughs> you know. So anyone who buys the book, have a look at the picture. There's, a, there's him wearing the shawl cardigan. Now, uh, William must have, you know, been peeping over the wall where let's say Steve McQueen was uh, having a natural break <laughs> and, and he uh, he took a photograph of, uh, and Steve's got something in his hand. So I think I'll leave it there. But yeah, yeah. You, you just don't realise what's going on until you look really closely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the short cardigan with the chinos, with the, the Playboy boots and the white T-shirt, it's just such a cool look. Yeah. The book as well shows how off how he wasn't just kind of, he wasn't just an actor. He was almost a character off st- off screen as well, wasn't he? Like he raced motorbikes, he raced cars. And- well, that's, I mean, you, one of your questions was going to be, you know, why is he the king of cool? Mm. And I think <clears throat> it's probably because all the blokes want to be him. I mean, he's a real man's man. All the women want to be with him. Yeah. And all the blokes want to be him because yeah. you're right. 
he's a famous actor. He's starting to earn money. He's buying really cool cars. He's buying motorbikes. You know, when he's not working, he's racing motorbikes in the desert. Yeah. You know, just just such a cool guy. Now, in the 20 years of our show, I've often been scared. When I accepted this invitation from Steve McQueen to go riding with him in his dune buggy, I wasn't scared. I was dumb. I want to show this to you. Steve, Steve McQueen. Hi, Ed. Just fine. They told me that I'd find you out on the uh, desert. But uh, what's th this... What's this boat motorcycle been on the desert? Well, it's kind of a sport that, uh, here in California in the Is that desert. So? Yeah, I've got something over the hill here that you may be interested in. It's called a sand dune buggy. A sand dune buggy? Yeah, I'd like you to have you come and take a ride with me. I'd be delighted to. Well, come on, step into my office. Boy, this is a wild-looking machine. Come on, jump in. Steve, I understand you helped design this. Well, yes, I did. I did help. You ready to go? Yeah. Okay, here we go.
by Jeepster. You are of course listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio Brooklyn, chatting all things about Steve McQueen's classic style. We are of course joined by my guest, Simon Parr of Heritage Brands, a true guru when it comes to clothing, and a fellow Steve McQueen nerd, so he's in brilliant company here. Let's get back to the conversation where we're in the middle of talking about Steve McQueen off-camera. The actor part was his secondary part to his life and his lifestyle was kind of his full-time job, wasn't it? Like the the racing and kind of being Steve McQueen and then acting second, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and also when he um, when he used to race the motorbikes uh, in the desert, uh, the film companies didn't want him to because the insurance was a nightmare. Because even in that book, you see him with a plaster cast on his arm because he fell off and broke his arm. So the insurance was a nightmare. So he went under another name. It was Harvey Mushman. He wasn't allowed to, you know, he said, I want to race in this. Oh, yeah, what's your name? Steve McQueen. Oh, no, sorry, you, you're not allowed to. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Harvey Mushman. So that the um, the the film uh, companies didn't know that he was racing. But, yeah, oh. and he actually did him. And, and also, you know, a lot of the stunts, uh, he did quite a lot of the stunts, but because of insurance uh, problems, you know, he wasn't allowed. So he got his his, his best mate to do it.
Rambling Gambling Man by Bob Seger. You are, of course, listening to a cut above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy, bringing you the style of Steve McQueen in this Steve McQueen special. I am, of course, joined by my guest, Simon Part of Heritage Brands, and we're discussing all things to do with Steve McQueen, the look and everything you can think of. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, on, on Facebook at TomHoy. Go and check it out there. I do daily clothing posts, and more often than not, they're Steve McQueen inspired. So why not go and check them out? Anyway, back to the show. I think now then, let's have a look at some of his films that he did. And we've put them in chronological order of how they came out. And um, some of his most famous ones, I should say. And starting with, which is, I think, is the first one I probably saw. Um, and it was definitely a Christmas Christmas favourite on the TV of mine. It was 1963 and it was The Great Escape. Well, So what does this film mean to you, Simon? Was this your first one? I think it must have been. I think it, yeah. I think like you, it would have been Christmas, probably Boxing Day. You know, we're all sitting down as a family and, and The Great Escape comes on. Mm. And, and what I love about it, because, I mean, we're talking about clothing. Yeah. And when you think about The Great Escape, you think, well, what are you going to talk about? It's all uniforms. All the Germans yeah, are wearing yeah. uniforms, all the Americans and the English are wearing just uniforms. But he turns up on set. It's almost like, okay, Mr. Queen, um, we've got your wardrobe here. We want you to wear this American uniform. And he's got, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just going to wear my sweatshirt, um, a leather jacket and my chinos and my boots. And funnily enough, I was reading up on it. And the sweatshirt, his wife got him to cut the sleeves down because she said his best assets were his arms. <laughs> and so she said, right, cut your arms off. You're wearing a sweatshirt. Then he's wearing the A2 uh, flying jacket. Mm. So sought after now. There's so many companies that are reproducing it. Yeah. And he wore the army chinos, which were the big baggy ones, but he had them tailored to, to more of a 60s look. Yeah, yeah. I read that somewhere. And then he's wearing the, the boots, um, which, um, not so on, as uh, Red Wing, they do a, a very mm. similar. But he just looks so cool. You know, he's yeah, walking yeah, in yeah. Prison of War camp, just like that, and everyone's just wearing these horrible old uniforms. I know you just mentioned his wife there, and I know she used to. She was almost like his agent, wasn't she? She used to read the scripts because he didn't want to. He d- didn't like yeah. reading scripts, and sh- she often would say like, "You should do this." And it's thanks to her, really. He did kind of lots of different films, wasn't it? Wasn't it? But that's definitely one of his. I'd say the mo- one of the most iconic roles he's ever done. It's probably the most kind of. I don't know, probably the most seen role he's done, I guess, isn't it? Well, I, th- I think if you look at it, the whole film, he doesn't appear that often, really. But when he mm. does, he's just, he just steals the whole you yeah. know, film, doesn't he? You know? um, I mean, there's some fantastic actors in that film. Yeah, yeah. yeah Steve McQueen's the one you watch, and he has the, the most iconic. I mean, the, the motorcycle, I don't think it was actually in the film, Yeah, but he made them write it in the film that, you know, yeah. I just want to I just want to ride around on a motorbike. You know, yeah. can, can you somehow write this in the film? Yeah, uh, I guess it's yeah. like all the kind of the British officers in the films are almost kind of like geography teachers dressed up as RAF pilots, whereas Steve McQueen's like a a race yeah. car driver dressed as a kind of American GI, isn't he? He's insanely yeah. cool in that film. Yeah, and then and he makes the moon moonshine, doesn't he? So yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He brews all the alcohol. So yeah. is it again? He's He's a bad lad. So yeah. 
he's, he's brewing alcohol. He's, he's nicked a motorbike. He's trying to escape. Um, you know, he's always been put in the cooler. You yeah. know, he's, he's misbehaving throughout the whole film. Yeah. But you know, uh, as far as clothing is concerned, you can't really talk about anyone else's clothes because it's just basically World War II, you know, uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where he just turns up in his own clothes. Well, uh, there's the uh, the point where he did wear a uniform in the film, wasn't it? Whereas he, he had to put on one of the Germans' uniforms and he actually yeah. did the reverse shots, didn't they, of him chasing yep. himself because no one could quite ride a motorbike like he could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet he had a real good time on the film set. Yeah. yeah, like, hey, we need someone to ride a motorbike. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll chase myself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, legend has it that he did the jump, but off camera, didn't he? But I know you know yeah. the name. I can't remember the guy's name. That actually... Buzz, uh, I think this Buzz Rickson, was it? Something like uh, that, wasn't it? Was it? I, I should have done my homework, shouldn't I? I mean, Insert no. the correction here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Uh, thanks, Past Tom. Uh, correction here. Uh, me and Simon do call ourselves uh, Steve McQueen fans, and I promise you we are. We just had a bit of a blip there. Um, it is, of course, Bud Eakins. But um, for whatever reason, we just couldn't remember in the moment there. Sorry about that. Back to the show. But um, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I looked at a documentary, and one of the guys, they interviewed him. They said, well, yeah, he did do it. Allegedly, he did do it, but he didn't do the one that was filmed. Yeah, I guess yeah. It- you know, if he'd have fallen off and broken his arm or his leg or whatever, then, you know, the film would have had to be stopped. Thank you. 
To cross a wire with death. What wire? This wire, the only wire. Oh. That's absolutely forbidden to cross it, you know that. Yeah, but my baseball rolled over there. How am I gonna get my baseball? You first ask permission. Oh, okay. Get my baseball! Stop this nonsense, get over the wire, immediately. Okay. You stay there. Out of the way. Out. What are you doing over here by the wire? Well, like I told Max here, I was trying to get my gun. What were you doing by the wire? Well, like I told Max, I was trying to cut my way through your wire because I want to get out. But, uh, you speak German? Yeah, Wohler Oberst. Wire cutters? Yeah, Wohler Oberst. I have had the pleasure of knowing quite a number of British officers in this war. And I flatter myself that we understand one another. You are the first American officer I've met. Hills, isn't it? Captain Hills, actually. 17 escape attempts. 18, sir. Tunnelman, engineer. Flyer. I suppose what's called in the American army a hotshot pilot. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, you were shot down anyway. So we are both grounded for the duration of the war. Well, you speak for yourself, Colonel. You have other plans. I haven't seen Berlin yet, from the ground or from the air, and I plan on doing both before the war is over. Are all American officers so ill-mannered? Yeah, about 99%. Then perhaps while you are with us, you will have a chance to learn some. Ten days isolation hilts. Captain hilts. Twenty days. Right. Oh, uh, you'll still be here when I get out. Cooler. I mean, there aren't many people that could have... I don't know, if it hadn't have been him, who could have played that role? I mean, you've yeah. seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, haven't you? Yes. And there's the, the great little storyline going on where Leonardo DiCaprio's character is meant to have been snubbed for the role, and you actually see what it would have been like, don't you, with yeah, yeah, yeah. him in the famous cooler 20 days bit. But um, yeah. I think we have to mention that film, really, because I, I don't know about you, I love that film. It's one of my kind of favourite oh. things to stick on. But Steve McQueen is played by Damien Lewis in that, isn't he? Yes. What did and, you and think really, of that? Well, when I saw it at the cinema, I kept looking at him and I thought, who is that? He looks yeah. just like... And I turned around to my wife and I said, who is that? She said, I think it's Damien Lewis. Yeah. And of course it was. But he... I mean, again, I have a theory about the film. Um, I think it's like... Obviously, it's the famous Sharon Tate murders. Yeah. And what would happen if... Instead of turning left to go to Sharon Tate's home, they turned right and they went to Clint Eastwood's home and yeah, Clint Eastwood's yeah. bodyguard. Yeah. You know, because that's sort of almost like these two characters. There is a famous uh, actor with his bodyguard and they're, they're having a party and they've gone to the wrong house. Yeah. <laughs> and they open the door and, you know, you, you see what happens in the end of it. But no, brilliant film. Brilliant I remember film. seeing for years people were saying that Damien Lewis should play him. Just because mm. he has, I don't know what it is about him. He's got the, it's like the same facial expressions and everything. He kind of just pulls off really well. I'm going to tell you a story. She was engaged to him. And she flew to the UK to make a film with him and broke off her engagement with him and married him. Then they moved to Los Angeles, and the three of them 
have been inseparable. <laughs> really? What's up? Jay loves Sharon, that's what's up. Well, one thing's for sure. Yeah? What's that? Sharon absolutely has a type. Cute, short, talented guys who look like 12-year-old boys. Yeah. <laughs> I never stood a chance. Um, he came in the Barracuda showrooms. Really? Because, Do you yeah. know, I have wondered if it was you that gave him the jacket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, he again, I got a phone call and they said, oh, we've got a, an actor, he's doing this film, we want him in Barracuda, can we bring him in? And I said, mm. yeah, of course. And at the time, he wasn't that famous. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't really sure who he was. And uh, he came in and he <laughs> stripped down to his pants. He was trying all this stuff on. There's some pictures if you go on Instagram or on um, Pinterest. Right. You'll see. Uh, yeah, and, and I can't remember what, what it was he was filming, but he wore Barracuda in that. Uh, wow. So, yeah, it's a lovely guy, really lovely guy. That's really cool. And, I mean, you've done other movie stars as well, haven't you? Martin Freeman is one, yeah, which Martin, I think is very Martin. cool. Yeah, he, he came in the showroom again, um, and he, he loved Barracuda. So, it's <laughs> quite a funny story. So, he, he came into the showroom, and the girls at reception, they, they didn't know he was coming. So he walked in and, and they're like, oh, my God, Martin Freeman. So he, he's sitting there and, and she came and said, what would you like? A cup of tea. So she went out to make the tea. And I said, yeah, I've got a load of old samples in the in the stock room, but the stock room's a bit of a mess. He said, that's all right. I'll go and have a look. So he's gone in this stock room and it, there was clothes all over the floor. He's all right, mate. And Esme came back in with a cup of tea and she said, where is he? I said, he's in the stock room. I have a look. So he was going through all these old samples. She said, don't let him in there, it's a mess. <laughs> Come yeah. out with everything. What oh, did he God. go for, do you remember? Oh, of course, the stone, uh, the stone yeah. barracuda, yeah. The classic.
Hello, welcome back. You are, of course, listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy. And this is a special episode, of course, all about the style of the man himself, Steve McQueen, the action hero, the all-round cool guy, and lots more. I'm, of course, joined by my guest this evening, Simon Part of Heritage Brands, and we're chatting things, all things about Steve McQueen. But before we go back to the chat with Simon... I've got a really cool interview clip now, and it is with Bruce Lee on the subject of Steve McQueen and how tough he really was. Of all your students, famous James Garner, Steve McQueen, Lee Marvin, James Coburn, Roman Polanski, which was the best, who who adapted best to this oriental form of exercise and defense? Well, um, depending, okay? Now, as a fighter, Steve, Steve McQueen, now, he is good in that department because that son of a gun got the toughness in him. Yeah, I you mean, see it he, on the screen. I mean, he would say, all right, baby, here I am, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn. You're listening to The Face Radio. 
We'll go on now then to 1965. We'll jump ahead two years to the Cincinnati kid. And there's lots of cool stories about this one. There's a particular funny one, isn't there, that I think you probably told me about him just being so persistent on wearing his own clothes. Well, it, it makes me laugh because it's set in uh, New Orleans in 1930. Hmm. So when you start to watch, I remember watching the film and it's all period costumes, as you would expect <clears throat> in a bit like Broadwalk Empire, you know, that very. And then he turns up in a wax cotton jacket, a barber <laughs> jacket. I mean, barber didn't produce the wax cotton jacket until 1936 because it, yeah. it was a submariner's uniform which was an all-in-one. And what happened was they chopped it in half because one of the submariner's captains wanted, you know, a two-piece. So so they chopped it in half and invented the international wax cotton jacket, which the motorcyclists picked up on. And, and funny enough, Steve McQueen wore in 1964 at the uh, uh, international... Uh, I'm going to get it wrong now, but it was it was mm. the uh, motorcycle... Um, oh, right. Yeah, so so he walks in to this scene, which is like in the 1930s, in, in a waxed uh, cotton international style jacket, barber style jacket, with a like a crew neck t-shirt or crew neck jumper, uh, chinos or flannel trousers, looking like something out of 1965. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. again, they probably said, oh, hi, Mr. Queen, um, you know, we've got you, your suit here we've got a double-breasted chalk striped suit with a shirt and a tie and he's like no no i'm not gonna wear that i'm just gonna wear my own clothes and he wears a corduroy ivy league jacket he wears a tweet he looks a bit like frank bullock in some of it yeah yeah there's one scene isn't there where he's got like a three-button jacket and it looks like a kind of a blue crew neck jumper underneath and it's very frank bullock isn't it yeah and but he just looks so out of place to everybody else that's in the scene Mm. and i Think, well, how do you get away with that? But he probably, like I say, probably turned up and said, No, I'm going to wear this. And they went, Yeah, yeah. all right, then, Steve, carry on. Yeah. And he definitely stands out for it, doesn't he? It's kind of like yeah, your yeah. eyes drawn on him. Maybe it was oh. a conscious thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, have you got a favorite look from the film at all? Is it the barber jacket, uh, do you think? Because he wears the barber jacket quite a bit in it. And, and it is, it's definitely a wax cotton uh, jacket with a corduroy collar. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He's just so cool. A kid with no A's in the hole On a hot, poker pot, Cincinnati Had staked his heart and soul night and day like a demon And prayed for that one when the lush, royal flush of his dreaming is just a game away. Beyond all the green felt shadows, his own queen of hearts will wait. But till he's king of the green. Cards will be 
keep falling And chips in the pot pyramid For a book, lady luck will be calling Oh, the Cincinnati Kid I mean the Cincinnati Kid And um, talking of favourite looks, I think for clothing, Steve McQueen-wise, I think you might be the same, I'm not sure, but we'll go to 1968 and Thomas Crown Affair. I think you don't get better clothes kind of Steve McQueen-wise for that film, do you? I mean, it's, the wardrobe is amazing. Well, again, he always plays this rugged sort of man's man. And um, I think when he went for the interview, they, he was like a millionaire. They said, okay, this guy's a millionaire. He's a successful businessman. He's got loads of money. Uh, he likes fine wine and, you know, all the funny things. We're not sure if you can play this character. And he convinced them that he could. And if you see it, uh, funny enough, the suits were made by Doug Haywood, who right. did the Ital- he did the Italian job. Ah, right. Okay. So all, oh, it's yeah, very all, English tailoring, isn't it? Yeah, that he's wearing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so all the um, the suits that Michael Caine wore, uh, it's the same tailor. Uh, and you look at each scene. So he's wearing the three piece suits, and then he's in his glider again. He's wearing a barracuda. Mm. Uh, there's the beach scene where he's in the um, the buggy, the dune buggy, where he's wearing not not like a windcheater, but it's almost like a jacket. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah between a jacket and a shirt, that bright orange uh, jacket in the, in the dune buggy. And then there's a, a really good bit where he goes and steals uh, and he's got like a, a baseball cap on and, and this sort of Harrington-style jacket on. Yeah. Even that, you know, he's going out to steal a, a painting and he, he looks cool in that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's got lots lots and lots of of um, cool looks. Also, we haven't mentioned is his watches because I yeah. think they – I mean, in that – he wears three different watches, uh, a Cartier, uh, Patek Philippe, uh, and a, a Jaeger one. Mm. I'll probably pronounce that wrong. But again, for the character, uh, you yeah. know, he had to have the, the right. And and in, um, we'll get on to Bullet in a minute, but uh, he, he wears a Ben Russ, which is a, a Vietnam, what they used to give the, the military in Vietnam. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, even his, even his watches. Um, I mean, it's the kind of the same thing. Is almost like the closest thing America had, kind of to like Sean Connery. Then he's like kind of like everyone just wanted to be that guy. And I guess yeah. down to the accessories, like something that stereotypically, I guess men wouldn't think about when you're looking for like the watches someone wears and all that. It's kind of it's the full package, isn't it? Kind of it's like the lifestyle thing. Yeah, I mean, even the sunglasses, the personal mm. personal sunglasses, which which. Now they're so iconic. I mean, the boots <clears throat> with the Playboy boots, which uh, Sanders do do a pair of chucker boots now. Yeah, they're sought after. The personal sunglasses are sought after. You know, the watches are really sought after. The Barracuda G Nine, all these items of clothing yeah. are now really sought after, and and it's down to him. 
a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning on a never spinning reel, like a snowball down a mountain or a carnival balloon, like a carousel that's turning, running rings around the moon, like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face, and the world is like an apple whirling silently in space, like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind. Like a tunnel that you follow to a tunnel of its own, down a hollow to a cavern where the sun has never shone. Like a door that keeps revolving in a half-forgotten dream, or the ripples from a pebble someone tosses in a stream. Like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face, and the world is like an apple whirling silently in space. Like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind. Keys that jingle in your pocket, words that jangle in your head. Why did summer go so quickly? Was it something that you said? Lovers walk along the shore and leave their footprints in the sand. Is the sound of distant drumming just the fingers of your hand? Pictures hanging in a hallway on the fragment of a song. Half remembered names and faces, but to whom do they belong? When you knew that it was over, you were suddenly aware. That the autumn leaves were turning to the colour of our hair—a circle in a spiral, a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning on an ever-spinning reel. As the images unwind, like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind. Frank Bullitt has blonde hair and a look that bites deep. Frank Bullitt wears a high turtleneck sweater and has a highly unorthodox approach to his job. Frank Bullitt is strictly his own man, a maverick kind of cop. There are good cops and there are bad cops, and then there's Bullitt. The best of Steve McQueen is in Bullitt. Warner Brothers Seven Arts Picture in Technicolor, co-starring Jacqueline Bissett and Robert Vaughn. Keep your eye on Frank Bullitt. He really zings. Suggested for mature audiences.
Okay, so going on now, still 1968, but the film that's probably the most talked about with Steve McQueen and his style, and it is, of course, Bullet. I mean, uh, we could do a whole show just on this, couldn't we? Oh, man. I mean, I remember first seeing it. I think, uh, again, it wasn't a Christmas Boxing Day one. That, that would have been late at night on BBC yeah. Two because it's a bit, bit edgy, so it would have been yeah, a, yeah, yeah. definitely a BBC Two. But even the opening titles and the music, you, you're suddenly hooked. Mm. And if you look at what he's wearing. He's not really wearing anything, what shall we say, too outrageous. It's basically a tweed jacket. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a navy polo neck, um, grey flannel trousers, the Playboy shoes, and mm. you know the trench coat. So it's very. I mean, we've often spoke spoken about this this sort of Hollywood nerd. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the nerd look, almost like Mr. Bean. You know, Mr. Bean wears a tweed tweed jacket and a, and yeah. grey flannel trousers. It's that sort. So he's of... a style icon, Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we've spoken about Superman when Superman loses his powers and he goes into the diner and gets beaten up. He's wearing a barracuda and a button-down yeah. shirt and, you know, in thick-rimmed glasses. He, yeah. He's the nerd, you know. So I think in that, but he just looks so cool. And the mm. car, you know, he's a policeman and he's got a Mustang. Yeah. He's just such a, such a cool guy. I'd argue that the chase scene in bullet is the best car chase out of any film hands oh, down you because okay. just because the rolling kind of hills you have in san francisco yeah close-up shots of the gear changing the belt buckles and all that it's just that's and the, some of the best cinema ever yeah they didn't close the roads off so they didn't tell oh, really yeah apparently so i heard that they just sort of went out there with a camera you know they set the cameras up on, on different points on the street wow and, and then just just did it so you can see people at the traffic lights thinking, what on earth's going on here? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a cool a cool chase. And it goes on quite a long time as well. Mm. Normally in a car chase, it's sort of over and done within a few minutes, but it goes on and on and on. I mean, it's the same thing like The Great Escape as well, and that he's actually driving that car. And you can tell that he's not an actor that's been taught how to drive like that. He he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He's proper. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. The, the wheel spins, the kind of the almost donuts, the yeah. handbrake turns and that he's doing it all. But, um, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Do you have a favorite look out of that film at all? What comes to mind um, when you think of favorite looks? Well, there's a lot of looks there. I mean, the one where he goes to the hospital and he's got the short cardigan on again. 
you know, and he and he's eating a cheese sandwich and milk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of and he's just eating a cheese sandwich and milk. And yeah, so cool. Obviously, the the tweed coat with the the polo neck. We spoke about that. The trench coat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you mentioned before fashion faux pas, but even when he wakes up in the morning, he's wearing. I, I was about to grand, say this. Grandia yeah. pajamas. Yeah. He, he wakes up and opens the door and makes that coffee in, in like some granddad pyjamas. I'm not ashamed of admitting it. After I watched that recently, I thought, I want a pair of them. And I even yeah. Googled just to see what was about, if you could find them. But they're so, I, thought, I think they're really cool. Yeah, and yeah. You look yeah. cool going to bed as well. Like, yeah. you've got it made. He wakes up, I think he's next door to Jacqueline Bissett, isn't he? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably naked and he gets up in these his old pyjamas. Only <laughs> 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 he could get away with that. Yeah, yeah. No, really, really cool film and iconic. Mm. Uh, and it, it it's funny how you get to that iconic film, 1968. Mm. And as you go, I mean, Getaway, 1972, is still yeah. a cool film. Mm. As you get further down the line, um, it's not quite so, quite so cool, is it, really? And going further on, that brings us nicely on to 1971 then, leaving the 60s onto Le Mans. Now, mm. it's a strange film, isn't it? Because he doesn't actually have a lot of dialogue. And it's more it's, it's done kind of like a documentary almost about racing, isn't it? You're more of like a fly on the wall. But um, there's not a great deal of fashion that goes on, but interesting point for Steve McQueen, wasn't it? I, I mean, he was obsessed with the, the whole racing uh, Le Mans. He wanted to race himself. Um, I have to be honest, I don't think I've ever sat through the whole thing. Really? And it is a... Even the, the opening titles, uh, it's so long and, and drawn out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you're you're, you've seen Bullet, and then you see this, and you're thinking, what's going on? So, mm. yeah, I mean, most of the time he's in a, a racing suit, isn't he? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. It's a weird one, because to say he's Steve McQueen, he doesn't even win at the end. Mm. I think he's second or third or something, and you're like, oh, okay. I thought that yeah. wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know at the time he was going through a very much a, a flower power movement thing, which actually going back to Bullet, I know he was worried about doing the film because he was kind of hanging around with hippies and going along all that kind of down down that route. Mm. And he thought we call, I think his words were something like we call uh, police pigs. I can't be one of them and all that. And it was his wife again that talked him into doing it. But yeah, yeah. Le Manza, you can tell he was, kind of going through that phase there, can't you? He's got a bit, his longer hair. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, at the I beginning, he's got that suede jacket as well, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's wearing beads. Mm. Very, yeah, like you say. There's a strange um, bit in Bullet where he goes to like a jazz cafe uh, and he, he sits down and has a meal and there's some strange music going on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Quite a, it's, it's a great scene, but yeah, there's there's some strange stuff going on there. So yeah, yeah, Lamont. Um, I mean, I've got another book called McQueen's Machines, mm. and uh, and he, he's got so many cars and motorbikes that he bought over the years. Yeah, I mean, the, the book is full of it, you know. And he and he in Le Mans, he actually um, he drove Porsches. I thought they were Ford GTs, but they're actually Por- Porsches. But in the stunt scenes, they put fake Porsche bodies over the top of Lola cars. Right now, Lola- okay. He's Huntingdon, where I live. Oh. I live in God Manchester, but Lola cars come from Huntingdon. So, so funnily enough, they use those cars, but they put a, a fake Porsche over the top right. and then smashed, then smashed them all up. Oh, no, right. 
Do you know what yeah. motorbikes he had at all? Are they yeah, used- Triumph. So right. famously, he loved Triumph. I mean, the the one that he had in The Great Escape, that was actually a Triumph. Hmm. Spray, sprayed green to make it look like a, a German uh, military bike. Uh, there's loads of pictures of him on the set at Bullet riding around on a Triumph Bonneville. Mm. There's uh, a really cool picture of him, isn't there? It might actually be in the William Claxton book. Where yeah. He's got a white T-shirt on, pair of jeans and some desert boots on a motorbike, and he just looks like the coolest guy oh, yeah. about, doesn't he? This is why people want to be him. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he rides about on motorbikes, you know, with uh, good-looking women on his arm. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he had Harleys. He had loads and loads, loads mm. of, uh, you know, he just collected them. And why not? You know, you're yeah. a famous American actor. You're starting to earn money. Mm. You know, you, you can almost buy what you want. What is so important about driving faster than anyone else? A lot of people go through life doing things badly. Racing is important to men who do it well. When you're racing, it's, it's life. Anything that happens before or after just waiting Sixty-nine. 
So looking at all those films there then, what jumps out to you as a favourite and why? Oh, good question. I mean, Great Escape, brilliant film. I mean, you could put that and watch it. Fantastic. Uh, again, Thomas Crown. Mm. They're all they're all different in their own way. Bullet, brilliant. Um, I suppose it would have to be Bullet. I yeah. think it is. Yeah, I think the first time I saw it, I was totally blown away with it. And I can still sit down and watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic film. I think anyone interested in kind of menswear, even if you're not really, you don't know who Steve McQueen is, you watch that film, don't you? And you think, oh my God, he is the, I want to look like that. And I know for definite, I thought, God, I want to kind of recreate that look. I mean, is that something you've consciously done? I'm guessing you have. Oh, you absolutely. Don't want to <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. If you buy the, the William Claxton book and just mm. pick a page, just pick, pick any page in the book and just yeah. re- recreate that look, whether it's, uh, I mean, I'm wearing a bright yellow sweatshirt now. Yeah. There's a picture of him in the desert with a pair of faded denims, mm. a yellow sweatshirt, uh, riding a Triumph. Yeah. You know, so any any picture in there, you know, you're not, you're not going to go wrong. And then, as he gets older and he starts to grow a beard and long hair and, and the cowboy hats, then, you know, he's sort of, I wouldn't say loses it, but he, he almost like he, he's fed up with that whole iconic role. Yeah. You know, he's turning his back on it. He becomes almost like a hermit, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he's relaxed kind of into just kind of like racing and everything else, less than kind of being a public persona and kind of an image, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But I think in those days, they didn't have stylists. Whereas mm. now, you know, uh, if you talk about the new James Bond film, mm. if you look at what Daniel Craig wears, he's wearing the short cardigan, the white T-shirt, you know, yeah, he's just, yeah. just copying Steve McQueen. I mean, yeah, it's so like, I remember thinking, I think it might have been Casino Royale I watched or something like that when that first came out and thinking, if they ever make a film about Steve McQueen, he's the guy to play him, isn't it? And it's purely yeah. because really not just because he's a blonde guy and he's kind of, I don't know, he's cut out to be that action hero, but his stylists on that set have obviously kind of tried to move James Bond in a way where he's a kind of everyday action hero. So they're dressing him in everyday clothing, aren't they? Like they've got the like the Harrington jackets and all that, but it's he's yeah. a very Steve McQueen, James Bond, isn't he, Daniel oh, Craig? De- definitely, yeah. I mean, in, he's riding motorbikes and jumping over buildings, you know, mm. he's doing all those things and car chases. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think um, a lot of clothing brands, I think they do reference uh, certain style pieces, yeah. you know, 
chinos or harringtons or sweatshirts or short cardigans uh i think they get inspiration from what he used to wear but yeah. these would have been his own clothes you know he, yeah. he, would, yeah. he wouldn't have had a stylist he would just turned up wearing his own clothes yeah so now i'm going to give you three different steve mcqueen films and i would like to discuss how we can recreate the looks and we can name brands or we can even just if we're not sure, we can just say items of clothing, but give you three different films. We can just discuss how to rec- recreate an outfit for that film. So Thomas Crown Affair doesn't necessarily have to be the suits either. Any look from that film. Okay. Funny enough, <laughs> it might be some of the brands that I represent. So, Oh, that works well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Gibson did some lovely uh, three-piece suits in a Prince of Wales check. Mm. very very similar to what uh he was wearing so you know a gibson three-piece suit would be good um uh again that the harrington jacket obviously is barracuda yeah. uh, there are other harrington jackets out available there. yep <laughs> yeah um you know roll necks i mean there's so many uh network companies out there doing doing the roll necks i mean kabichi do one art mm. gallery you name it the john smedley mm. uh, you know they're they're doing that sort of roll neck uh, chinos. I mean, real Hoxton have just brought out the stay press. We were talking yeah. about that earlier on. They've done a fantastic uh, stay press, which is uh, like the original Levi stay press. Yeah, uh, they're a great shape. Um, and then the chucker boot, which he wore, which is Sanders. They do a fantastic one, but Delicious Junction. They do one. Andy at Mod Shoes. He does one. So yeah. there's quite a few people doing the the chucker boot. Um, so yeah, yep. And um, what about Bullet? It's quite similar, isn't it? But I guess it's because he often wore his own clothes, as we've mentioned before. But for Bullet, what kind of like items of clothing or brands well, would you suggest? I suppose if you wanted to be authentic, a tweed jacket would be Brooks Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooks Brothers would be uh, what they call a three-button jacket, but you button the middle button, and and the top one sort of folds over, so it yeah. almost. Almost looks like a two-button jacket, but it is actually a three-button jacket. But John Simon in Chilton Street, I mean, he would do uh, a really lovely tweed jacket. Yeah. Uh, uh, Uniqlo, people like Uniqlo, you know, the Japanese company. Yep. Uh, they would they would do something like that. So an authentic um, tweed jacket. Again, Rolex we spoke about. Um, uh, short cardigans. There's there's a lot of short cardigans. I'll tell you who does a good one. Peregrine. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, they do a lovely, really nice, um, chunky roll neck shawl cardigan. Mm. Yeah, that would that would be good. And then, again, Tucker Boot would be the, uh, the Sanders. It might sound silly to say it, and American listeners might not know what MNS is, but I cut through MNS the other day and saw shawl cardigans in there and thought, I mean, you wouldn't know it was MNS. They look great. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with MNS, the quality is very good. Mm. I mean, I was trying to buy a white T-shirt the other day, believe it or not, in Cambridge. Yeah. I, I couldn't find a plain white T-shirt. And I wandered into to M&S, and there they were, uh, just what I needed, you know, mm-hmm. lovely, the nice thick rib around the collar. That's which, a very important thing with T-shirts. Yeah. Definitely. If, if you want the real deal, it's got to be the, the thicker collar. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, they, they were really good. So, yeah, don't, don't discount M&S. Yeah, good. I remember when I first met you and Keith, um, who's your your colleague at Heritage Brands. You were both saying that 
you have like a little in joke between you trying to find the perfect t-shirt but you can't tell anyone else <laughs> when you found it because everyone else will cotton on to it uh we honestly we've been everywhere the one the leader at the moment believe it or not is costco so right, costco, okay yeah, i think you have to be a member to join it pack of three white t-shirts um and they're brilliant they're, they're really really good quality thick uh collar right. yeah and they're winning at the moment but we've We've been, he's winning. He found them. Right. Yeah, we've, we've tried everybody. I've seen Jump the Gun sell kind of a pack of three as well. And I think they do, they're an American brand. I can't think there might be surplus ones or something, but yeah. I've always thought of checking them out. But yeah, the Unicode oh, uh, ones as well. I've always oh, found. Adam, Adam uh, Jump the Gun, he will find, I don't know where he finds these. He finds <laughs> these flying jackets, uh, yeah. like you say, white t shirts. He won't tell anyone where he's found them, but he yeah. he find he will find the real deal. So mm. yeah, I've had all sorts of kind of random things from him. I think I bought a Smith and Wesson watch with like different. It's like a military yeah. one as well. And you can yeah. change the yeah. straps. But yeah, yeah, with it when I ordered it, he sent me as well a bottle of brute. Some <laughs> <laughs> what else was it? It was um some what are they called the things you put around I'm your sorry. arms for the uh, for your shirt. Oh wristband. Yeah, just like wristbands and um, something else as well. But I love it. If you say again, sorry. I was going to say about his glasses. He's found the original military sunglasses. Right. Wow. Uh, cool. So he obviously researches this and goes and finds the original company. Yeah. And um, every time I go in there, he's like, "Oh, come and have a look at this. Come and have a look at this. I've, I've managed to find dead stock of this, that, and yeah. the other." Incredible. See, he races cars as well. Talking about. People. Oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't he? I went down there. I had an appointment with him. It was eleven o'clock. And I got down there about 10 and I was walking down the street. I was going to grab a coffee and he came down the street in this massive truck, American truck. And it filled the whole street. I don't know if you've been down the lanes in Brighton. Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, what are you doing? He said, we've got an appointment at 11 o'clock. I said, yeah, I'm just going to have a coffee. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to the tip. So he's got this huge American uh, flatback truck thing. Uh, and he's off to the tip. I said, you can't get the tip in that. It's worth a <laughs> fortune. It was so loud. It's, yeah, it's yeah. A- Brilliant. Oh, so if people don't know what Jump the Gun is, they should definitely check that place out because it's not like kind of, there's loads of mod shops in the UK, aren't there, but not quite like Jump well, the he, Gun. I think their philosophy is they do sort of late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. And yeah. they finish at 1962. So it's the very early stage of mod. Mm. almost modernism yeah yeah that's what he focuses on and they do some lovely two button suits as well don't they which yeah adam will fight to the death to say why they should be doing them and uh, i agree with him his argument if you look at james bond you know 1962 you know he's wearing a two-button suit so not all mods wore three-button suits so i'm sure sure there'll be a great debate going on yeah my inbox on instagram is going to be overflowing Uh <laughs> so final Steve McQueen film um to how you can re- recreate a look for The Great Escape. Well the Great Escape, the A2 flying jacket, it, it depends on your budget. Mm. So if you want the real deal, you'd be Eastman Leathers or uh, Real McCoy. Yeah. And they they do, you know, amazing leather jackets. But you can you can pick up an A2 flying jacket, leather one, for quite reasonable money. Mm. There's there's few companies doing them um i mean the sweatshirt your basic navy sweatshirt anybody from fruit of the loom to whoever would 
You know, know I saw the other day in Oi Poloi that um, uh, Armour looks to a really good short sleeve one that's just like it. Uh, okay. Really nice though, you know, but the sleeves are quite kind of wide as well. So it does look like a jumper that's almost been kind of yeah. cut at the sleeves, but uh, that's always a cool brand. Another one, I don't know if it's still going, uh, Grand Prix Legends. All right. Uh, yeah, they they do a website and there's a lot of Steve McQueen stuff on there. And I remember walking down, uh, I can't remember what street it was. It might have been Dean Street in Soho. And there's an old car park. Right. Uh, and, and they had a Steve McQueen exhibition. Oh, and wow. It, the sign was tiny. And I walked straight past it and I thought, What's that, Steve McQueen? So I went up onto the third floor of this disused car park and there was Steve McQueen's cars and his motorbikes and Grand Prix Legends had like a little stall in there. Mm. And I just couldn't believe it. You know, they were all in there. You know, the Mustang, um, the Charger, you know, his Harley Davidsons, all exhibited there. And then, of course, I got straight on the phone and told Bax and everybody. And then I must have gone about five times. <laughs> but yeah, so Grand Prix Legends, they they did a, a lot of, um, you know, they recreated a lot of the looks. Well, that sounds really cool. I could, could see if that's out and about and check that out. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. So do you have any times in memory where you've purposely recreated a look? What's or like something, how how Steve McQueen kind of influenced your day-to-day what you wear? clothing wise i think um the thing is about him he didn't try that hard you mm. know don't try too hard and try and tone it down i mean yeah. a simple what simple white t-shirt and a pair of jeans and uh you know harrington it's just such a simple look but it's just so you know so easy yeah, uh, yeah. you know it's just a, a, a white button down oxford yeah you know shetland v-neck jumper yeah uh, you know, a pair of corduroys, but it's all about the fit, isn't it? You know, yeah, he, yeah. the fit is just perfect. I heard, I don't know how tall he was. Was he five foot or something? He wasn't very big. I'm not sure. I don't, yeah, I think he's one of them where, because he's an action hero and all that, and kind of the menswear icon, you expect him to be six foot tall, but I don't think yeah, he was, was he? I mean, surely he's six foot four. He can't be five foot, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom Cruise isn't very tall, but you, you see him on the screen, you just assume that they're, they're really tall, but yeah, yeah I, I think, um, uh, yeah, massively influence on what, what he wears, you know, yeah. so when I'm up for something, I'll just look through many of my books and go, oh, okay, that's a cool look. I think I'll yeah, do yeah. that. Adventure in a different kind of setting. China, seething with violence and brutal emotions. Get along, I'll have you shot for a mutineer. Well, shoot some. 20th Century Fox presents... The Sand Pebbles, a Robert Wise production starring Steve McQueen, Richard Attenborough, Richard Crenna, Candace Bergen. In Panavision, color by Deluxe. The Sand Pebbles. Tricks that you used on me. You're reading all them 
Listening to the Steve McQueen special of A Cut Above with Tom Hoy on The Face Radio. Follow Tom on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, and on Facebook over at the Tom Hoy page. I fall in love too easily. Fall in love too fast. I fall in love too terribly hard for love to ever last. My heart should be well schooled, cause I've been Still I fall in love so easily I fall in love too fast Fall in love too 
finally now, we've got some really good questions from a couple of listeners. And the first one is from Graham Hanlon, who I know you know as well, who put on Dig yep. This with us, our yeah, yeah. in London. Um, and he's asked, if Steve McQueen was alive today, what would he be wearing? Ah, uh, what? A good question. Well, I guess you'd have to put it by an era, though, wouldn't you? If yeah, you've got to hope well, that he doesn't carry on with his cowboy hats. <laughs> <laughs> well, bearing in mind he would be eighty. Yeah. So <laughs> you would think that he would hopefully be really, really cool. I mean, if you look at John Simon yeah. now, I think he's so cool the yeah. way he. Dresses. Yeah. He's effortlessly cool. Um, you would hope he would be like that. Yeah. But. Like, he wouldn't be wear, wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats and yeah. or, he, or he wouldn't have loads and loads of plastic surgery and try and look younger he yeah, would just yeah. hopefully grow old gracefully and, and be really cool yeah uh, but yeah good question don't know I mean if you're <laughs> that if you're that famous and famous affected you you know how do you take it he'd probably be a complete hermit living in the middle of nowhere yeah, you gotta hope he hasn't just resorted to ordering all his clothes on Amazon and just <laughs> living in jogging bottoms, aren't you? Like hopefully he just stays in that Barracuda phase forever and that doesn't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh final question is from Steve, and I'm guessing it's not Steve McQueen, but mm. it is a Steve, and he says, What do you both think is the ultimate Steve McQueen look? What would you narrow down to the, the ultimate ul- one? Ultimate Steve McQueen look for me has to be the Barracuda G nine. Yeah. Uh, White Oxford button down, uh, you know, Shetland V-neck jumper, um, nice, good fitting pair of chinos and a pair of desert boots. Yeah. I mean, that has got to be, there, there's so many pictures of him wearing that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's, and especially the the Thomas Crown affair when he's in the glider and he's got the Navy Harrington, uh, mm. you know, and he just jumps out of the, the glider. It's such a cool look. Yeah. So that would, that's just timeless. You could wear that all the time. I can't disagree with you there. That is, I completely agree. So thanks a lot, Simon, for being the second ever guest on the show. Um, it's great to chat all things about Steve McQueen. Well, thank you very much for having me on. And I hope, um, you know, I hope to be on it again. So I good definitely luck will. Your, uh, good luck in your new radio. Uh, was it Face Radio? The Face Radio. Yeah. So this is actually going out in Brooklyn. So we're both in New really? York right now. Does that mean we're um, we are faces? We are faces, <laughs> old, officially faces. The old mod term. God, it's <laughs> taken me it's taken me sixty years, but finally, <laughs> you're officially one now. Yeah, I am a face. <laughs> Before you go, where can people find you on Instagram and all the rest of it? So I've got two uh, Instagrams. So Heritage Brands Inc. is is more my work one with all my brands, or Simon Parr sixty three sixty three. Cool. Uh, so yeah, they're the two. Cool. Nice one, Simon. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you very much, Tom. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too.
that's it we have come to the end now of another episode of a cut above right here on the face radio that was an excellent steve mcqueen special it was so cool to have simon on and chat things all steve mcqueen we could go on for a whole series we could do a show just about that always a pleasure to chat simon thank you so much remember i'm on instagram at tom the mod on twitter at tom the mod dj and on facebook at tom hoy Right now, though, to end the show, to wrap things up nicely, bringing together all the greatest tracks from Bullet and celebrating the musical genius that is Lalo Schifrin. It's the Bullet Suite. Thank you so much wherever you are. All the best, and I'll see you next month. Good night.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.